You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. My time is yours. I was the last My man standing. For I am the man, and the man feels no pressure. You are facing a fuel injected suicide machine. Fear from the man that rules the world. And welcome to the Vicious Circle. I am sitting here with Sid, and Sid, you've got some news about the book. Yeah, Rob, um, what happened, I'm going to, as quickly as I can tell the story where I don't lose my train of thought, it's, it's a little bit complicated. Um, and all in a nutshell, we had to get rid of Barry, and, and this is why. WWE, a guy that works with them that does stories on people's career, called me, his name was Justin. He wanted to come here to the house and videotape and do an interview. He said it would be about 45 minutes or an hour, I guess, of TV would it be on the TV uh, about my career and the WrestleManias and stuff like that. So um, I said, sure. First thing I thought of was let me get Rob here. Let me get Barry here. We'll talk about the book. We'll promote the podcast. If they walk in and see this going on, they can't help but film if this all they see. And you, you've been in my house. You see my podcast room is pretty much know what that is yeah so ha- that was what i had in mind so i told barry that i said barry this is what i want to do I-, I-, I told what it was i told justin i said justin i've got bookings until the 22nd of february call me on the 22nd and after that we'll get a date and he said sure not a problem so i called barry and told him about it and said hey barry we got this guy we got the WWE and we're going to do this. I said, now, and you know this as well. I said, now we got to push to get at least 90% of this book done when they get there. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, because you don't go have them come to your house and talk about a story that's live TV and lose your one chance on that. So if I had to, I could stretch that out to another month. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's what my plan was to do. Now, the second thing is, and you know this too, Rob is I had a doctor's appointment coming up where they were going to tell me when I was going to have an outpatient surgery, mm-hmm. just a small little procedure. But I didn't know when that was going to be. And I just, you know, the students, I only found out just as last week when that surgery is going to be, and that will be on the uh, 17th of March. All right. So not told Barry that, but I also told him, I did not want them to know that uh, for, I just didn't want to know. It's my personal business. Yep. So, um, couple of days go by barry calls me and says hey man i was just on the phone with justin and we've got it set where um i'm gonna be there on the 22nd they're gonna fly me in and blah, blah. i said barry that's that's not what we talked about i said now if you want to fly yourself here on the 22nd and you and justin want to stay here at my house by yourselves you're welcome to do that i've got a show to do that night with doug gilbert in kentucky and he said, Sid, I don't see your name anywhere booked for anything. I said, Barry, I told you that. You don't have to look. So now Barry's calling me a liar. Now I know he's told them this. Uh, 
so I said, let, I said, Barry, again, let me call Justin. So I hung up, called Justin. I said, Justin, I said, well, first I was upset because he called Barry pressuring him after we had already talked. And, and I said, Justin, is there something wrong with the 22nd? Are you not doing those after the 22nd? He goes, no, man, we're doing them after the 22nd and on and on and on. We'll do this anytime you want to. I said, okay. I said, well, I've got 22nd booked and I got some business to take care of next week. He said, you got a doctor's appointment? No, he said I had a doctor's appointment. I went, okay. I said, uh, no, that's not my business I've got to do, but, uh, but no, call me on the 22nd. So I called Barry back and Barry says, I said, you tell Justin about my doctor's appointment? He went, yeah. I said, I asked you not to do that. I said, now Barry, I'm going to call you in a couple days and then let you think about this and see what you did wrong here. Uh, meaning you don't call, make plans around for other people's life. You don't tell someone they're a liar when they're not. You know, that. and I did that booking last week. You know that. Yep. Now, for Barry to do that, I have my reasons to think why he did that. We'll talk about those later. So anyway, small story short, I have not called Barry back. And I found another writer named Kenny Casanova, which me and Barry had already talked to him because Barry didn't know anything about publishing, which I never asked him to do that. And Kenny, who I talked to before I talked to Barry four years ago, said he would help me do all those things. And I told Barry that. So Barry's job was just to help me put down or type down what I was asking him to do. And for whatever reason, I mean, we, I mean, for whatever reason, he, he couldn't do that. And he had to interject himself in my personal life, uh, throw me under the bus about my doctor's appointment, um, many other things, and then, um, again, make his make reservations. He already took got his flight and what uh, airline it was going to be and everything. You don't do that, especially when I already told you I don't want to do that, and do that anyway. Rob, what do you think about that? Well, you did have that show. That was for Doug. And like I said, anybody that listens to this podcast knows what an impact Eddie had on your life. Right. You know, so that is the show to do. You know, it's been funny mentioning Doug's name is this is what, again, Barry, and Barry's told you this, that he's got to always have the last word. Well, one of the issues in the book, Rob, uh, was about him telling bringing Eddie's name up in a negative way. I'll just leave it at that. And I asked him, I said, don't do that. And he told me, he said, well, maybe Eddie would think of himself as a hero in that spot. I said, no, we can't ask Eddie that. And the other thing is I see Doug all the time and I don't want him. First of all, again, you said this to me a thousand times. Sid, this is your book, not his. Right? Yeah. This, and that's the, we talked about that before too. It's okay. You have an, an artist as the author, but they have to take a back seat to the story, which is your life. Right. So to get back to that is, uh, so I tell him, he says, well, why don't you call Doug and ask him if he minds? To me, that's wacko. You don't call and ask someone, Hey, do you mind if I say something negative? I know you don't want to hear. Um, and which I'd never ask him to write down. These are, you know this too. Barry wrote down the things he wanted to hear, not what I wanted to hear. And, and the actual two, last two or three chapters, we had to delete those. You know, you know that yourself. You deleted that for me. Um, but again, so this is how, again, he's told you he has to get the last word. So he's on some online chat room uh, a couple of days before me and Doug go do the show. And how he on the same chat room with Doug's wife, I don't know. Uh, 
says something to the fact to asking the fans' opinion. Hey, I'm writing this story about Sid's life, and I've got a story about Eddie, and Sid doesn't want it in there. He asked what everybody thought about that. Well, um, Doug's wife asked, Doug, do you know a guy named Barry Norman? And this is what he said. And so Doug responds and says, you probably should do what Sid says, meaning don't put it in there. Yeah. So Doug had to tell me that on our trip to Kentucky the other night. So Barry is affecting me in my everyday life. This is like a, this is like a, the, this is, man, this is weird to me. Now, Barry is also weird to me now where it's, uh, he's always a little eccentric or a little out there, but now it's like, again, how do you, why would you have time to get in a chat room and talk about a, someone who's passed away and bring up negative thoughts about someone's brother that they have to respond to you and ask you not to do that. And see, Barry, I mean, yeah, that should be between you two, you know? Well, this is the thing is that story's out there for everyone to know, Rob, you know that, but you, you don't see everybody uh, posting it. You don't mm-hmm. hear everybody writing a book about it. Um, it's just now what that was, it, uh, tip my hat a little bit about the book is that was a part of the story. Now I hadn't, I didn't ask him to write that part, but you and I have looked at it the first time I got my laptop. This is, is about all the wrestlers that have passed away, unfortunately. And it's not what you and, and Barry have not picked up on this. It's not the 60 year old age limit. I'm looking at Rob. It's the ones that were 25 and you know, under 30. Yes. Those are the ones that bothered me the most. And if they were, um, like uh, natural cause or something that doesn't bother me. Like um, King Kong Bundy, I think died recently last year or so. And you'd always have to think he wasn't a drinker or a drug user. He was diabetic. So it's something natural, but it's not those age. It's not that age there. It's the other ones. And I do talk about that because I feel sorry. I know some of those stories personally, and that's mm-hmm. why maybe it affects me differently, but I didn't want to write about like that. You know what I mean? I didn't want to, um, but again, and we could have changed that name to any name, but again, with Barry, because of his state of mind he's in, he's attacking people like that. Like I told you the story where he attacked a girl online who lost a leg to cancer. And yeah. when the, that guy called me, he told me that I said, you know what, Robin, you know this. I took up for Barry. I said, uh, his name is Eric. I said, Eric, Barry would not have done that if he knew your girl had had a leg missing because of cancer. So I called Barry. And told him that. He actually said, oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And then he did the same thing the next day because it was over something like Donald Trump. You know, Rob, I should have known right then that there was something going on. And I did know, but I didn't know it was affecting him to be a different person. Because Barry's this kind of person or was this kind of person. You know, if you talk and he's Jewish, if you talk about the Jewish Holocaust, he says, yeah, that was a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But he's the first person to say, what about the Indians? You know what I mean? Yes. When you look, he's able to point out something that was worse or as bad or still bad. He just he thought, he'd normally jump on like a bandwagon. And he's always standing up for the small guy or standing up for somebody who needs help. You know, <clears throat> the last seven years, he's just done just the opposite, Rob. So, uh, and we'll talk about this in the podcast. Knowing that this has happened, and I said this in the beginning of this, I don't know really where I'm at right now. Uh, I went ahead and got uh, Kenny Casanova, who is, was helping me and Barry with this in the beginning and was going to help us with the publishing and get the book printed and 
had ways he was doing Kamala's book. Um, but again, it's just like, here I am, I'm starting over. Well, at least, Kenny's got some history in writing wrestling books, though. Right. Because he's done a few. Well, no, Rob, this is, I told you this, and I told Barry this, too, that and actually I introduced to him and Kenny and Barry together where they could talk about things. That when we got to the wrestling side of things, there wouldn't have been anyone better to talk to than um, Kenny because he's in the Northeast. He's a smart wrestling fan. He's also his real, and I asked Kenny this, what was his main objective about writing books? He says to, to preserve wrestling history. And that's one way to doing it. If you put it down in writing, you know, so uh, I thought that was a really good idea about doing things. Well, yeah. Cause then this is not only, it's, it's not only wrestling history, but this book is going to be your history too. Right. Exactly. So that's why Rob, it's important to me and Barry knew this too, to get it as, as truthful as I could get it without the dread, without my grandson, one day be able to read this and for him to be happy for my wife and children to be able to look at this and read this and go, wow, those are really good times in our lives. And we had a great, we had a great life. I don't want all the dread. I don't want uh, to argue about putting someone in a negative light. Um, uh, and I know ad-libbing these stories and adding stuff to them, it even makes it worse. Well, see, I don't know. One of the questions we had talked about asking is what do you, I, my, I, I liked, what do you want people to get from this book when it's all done? And I think you're right. You want people to be able to read it. And when they get to the end, go, wow, you know? Right. Well, and, you want them, to, like I said, I want people to one, feel like they were in my hunting boots as a kid. They, they wore, my, wore my wrestling boots when I wrestled. And they, they got an idea where I was at at the end of my career as I moved on, you know? And then what my, what my story has been this whole time is that I want to put out a cool book about that reflects back on childhood being like American graffiti and stand by me. That that wasn't just a one day deal. That was every day of my life. And then the wrestling side of it to where I really, I feel like I did it my way and how the hard work really just pay off for people. Um, that's what I wanted to put out. And then if I wanted to, I wanted a book, and I told you this too, I want a, such a cool book. They might write, make a movie out of it. And that's what I really think, how I think of myself. And then if I wanted to, after that, I could take the stories about my aunt, my childhood, uh, other things, and do short stories off of that could explain, you know, you could talk about dread or you could just do a book about depression, you know, but you don't do a book about all subjects in one book. Yeah. Well, you're right. Like, your life was a movie. I know we did that tour. And sitting there listening to you tell the, the chicken restaurant karate story, you know, yeah. like you can picture that in your head. Like, right. this is literally a movie being written down. No, if that stuff just doesn't happen to everybody, man. That's what I'm saying. So this is what, again, I'm looking forward to uh, moving on uh, and getting to Kenny. Kenny's already taken some of Barry's dread out of the first chapter, and we're not even past the first chapter and really put a cool spin on things and got rid of the dread, made some funny things happen, which that's what happens when you're a kid. You laugh at stuff. You don't think about dread. But unfortunately, Barry was his whole life right now is dread. Barry's lost all of his friends. Didn't have any friends, Rob. Um, lost his friend Peter Zell. Uh, Peter told him, says, Barry, I'm not going to wake up every day wondering if a friend of mine has, has killed himself or not. Uh, but Barry puts that kind of weight on people. Where he told me just recently, you know, said if, if I wanted to kill myself on a, that I had even the best day of my life, I feel like I should be able to do that. I said, and I. I not to argue with him because he already told me why not to argue with a guy that's trying to kill himself because that's the last thing you want to hear is not 
the reason why they shouldn't kill themselves. So I don't say that anymore. When I talk to Barry, I just go, okay, you know. And uh, But again, you and I have talked about that a little bit. I don't think Barry's got the nerve to do that. I think yeah. he's just saying that for sympathy and attention. Well, and I know we talked a little bit about having a friend work with you and stuff like that. I can see where it would it not cause friction, but it adds a layer that isn't there in a normal business relationship. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of friends doing things. You know, Brandon's a good friend of mine, and we did that film together. And even writing that, the part he wrote, we didn't have any friction. Brandon just tapped out because of his alcohol yeah. uh, addiction. So there wasn't anything to do with friends there. Me and Peter, on the other hand, weren't friends at all. It was a, it was a, just a business deal. That didn't work. And with really me and Barry, it, it, I don't know, it could have worked, if, again, if Barry could have just taken the concept that this is my story, write it the way I want. And I, I told Barry, I, said, I actually went back and talked about a story there about a hunting and fishing story me and Mitchell did and did it. And I said, Barry, this is what I need from you. I need you to help me uh, make these things more colorful. And, you know, so I had to go again. It's just, uh, but that's part of writing, Rob. And that's the fun part that I look forward to. Exactly. I look, that's, you know, that's the fun part. I don't mind the, the, the jousting back and forth because then when me and Barry got done with something sometimes, and uh, like that story there where we talked about his kids looking at clouds, when we got done, me and Barry were both clapping. We were like, oh, so, all right, man, this is getting good. And that's what happens when people work together. Yes. But Barry, where he chose to, on the business side of things, to take things in his own, in his own hands and get himself here in, that, in the WWE here at my house when I'm not going to be here. Now, that says something. I don't know what that says. It says he's lost his mind. Well, like you said, you got to make sure everybody's got their oars in the water, rowing in the same direction. Otherwise, well, we did that, Rob, we, I told him, we laid it out, said, this is what we're doing. This is, and this is why we're not going to do this right now. Yep. And, and so he makes, again, takes it on his own. How did he get from that? How did he get to where I said, don't do this at all. And these things make sense. We don't have the book ready. I got this doctor's appointment coming up. I got this booking. We want you guys to get you here. And we have to have these things ready to do that. And uh, none of those were ready. But Barry was, somehow went from knowing what we should do to booking his own flight here. <laughs> I don't know how that got to be like that. Tell me someone how it got like that. Well, and, and I think that's the layer that I was trying to say because you want, you want to trust a friend. You want to believe a friend, you know. But at least it, it, it's got you in the spot now where you have to dig yourself out again. Right. You know, and, and hopefully, like, I know, like, I've read a little, uh, some excerpts from Kenny's books. He's got a good style. Yeah, he does. And like I said, he'll be real important on the wrestling side of things. Now, I, this morning, reading some of the story about how I broke my leg, that's got to be changed a little bit, too. But he wasn't aware of the facts there. But really, where he, even where he messed up, he, the, the style he carried on through the rest of it made it still look pretty good. And it's good that, like you said, there's going to be fact, you know, and it's not just going to be the rumors flowing around and it's going to be the fact. Well, you get the fact, but I think you also have to have a, a little bit of embellishment or making things a little more colorful. Now, I think my life was pretty colorful anyway, but <laughs> yes. if you can add a few things to that, that makes it even better. Um, but I'm looking forward to this challenge, McKinney. I'll uh, just get his ass on the phone a little more often. 
Well, it it, it works better with too when you can see each other writing. Right. You know? Right. That right. that is a beautiful tool, and and I know, no, is, Rob. When that I, when I'm in that position where I could be with the guy and working with him, everything goes good. You know. Yeah, you're hands on. You are. I've got to be, and I, I've I'll, I've told everybody if that's the only way I can do this because I'm not going to read. You know, like Kenny, I told him uh, day for yesterday. I said, Kenny, again, you can read what Barry's put down, but we're not going to put that down because I've already told you this is not what I want. And so he, as long as we can do that, we'll be able to do this, I think, pretty well. I think so. Because he's, like I said, he's got a good history, and uh, he's jumped in pretty heavy, too. Like, he, he's not holding back. No, he's not. He's already made something really good out of nothing. So that's promising. That's big, oh, big, big. Well, that's it. Rob, it's exactly what I just said I'm looking for. It's someone just to make things a little better, uh, make the stories a little bit better. And um, where he says, you know, when you know, Barry said he was writing this in the form of meta, you know, uh, Kenny and I look at that. We don't see that. We don't see what Barry's talking about that. Now, what, uh, and it makes more sense what Kenny says about working with the senses. And that's what he does. He, he adds in a smell, adds in a taste, adds in something you can feel. You know what I mean? Adds in a story. So those that'll make for a little bit better reading. Um, so we'll just see. We're only... 10 or 15 paragraphs in, so we'll go from there. Well, that's definitely something your story needs, because on both sides of it, on the wrestling, like I said, you got the canvas, you got the sweat, but then even back when you were young and you're out there hunting and you got the river and you got the smell of the fish and you got all that stuff. Right. You know, you need to live it to understand it. No, you do, and you got to go on a tour with us. Yeah. Still the places we went and have this, hear the stories connected with the places, and that's what I want to put on paper, Rob, uh, I want to be able to do that now. Uh, even bringing, bringing Barry here, I didn't get that done. Barry put, you know, uh, you know, talked about this area in a negative way in the book. It was desolate, and, you know, like far, f- uh, farms were a bad place to be, like it was depressing. You know, because we had to one day just go back and take the word depression out like 50 times. Uh, I said, Barry, get that out of there. Again, Barry couldn't write about anything but that because that's what his life is right now. And that's, um, I find that surprising because, like I said, just down the road is that the B.B. King spot that we found. Right. Just over in the next, I think the next county is you know, Johnny Cash. Like there's right. so much here, you right. know. Let's well, just talk about that a little bit. But then when you add the dread, uh, that doesn't sound fun anymore. Yeah. You know, of course, you know, I will say this. Everything, especially like where I lived at and places like that looked a lot worse than it did say 40 years ago or whatever. And maybe that was sort of a, a uh, hard for him to see that part. But when we were out looking at the railroad tracks and explaining all the trips I'd done, we rode out Johnny Cash's and um, all those places out there. We, I think we showed where um, John Grisham was from. Did we talk about that? Not when I was there. That's amazing. Well, Buried, and I showed you where buried, uh, my kid Frank was in that movie called The Painted House. Nah. Um, so Yeah, so again, we had all these stories going, and it's just it's not coming across. But again, with hopefully with Kenny, we'll get that that uh, that feel in there. I and think- all I need, all I need is someone to put it down for me, and then help me. You know, when you're trying to write everything, you're not thinking of every little adjective. You know, 
accent to put on a story. Well, exactly. And you and I both know, just sitting here for half an hour trying to talk, your train of thought goes everywhere. It does. So trying to write, and you're writing massive amount of pages, you can get lost so easy. So yeah, it's nice to have that guide. Right. You know, and with the history of the books that he has behind him, I think he's going to be a really good guide. No, he this is what I've I said to you and I said to other people that where I talked to Kenny in the first about this and just talking to him, I was afraid I was just going to get the same old wrestling book out there. And after you and I interviewed T, uh, Tito, it sort of told us that too, that Kenny's good at putting out those same type of wrestling books. Now, I said this again earlier that Kenny would be great for the wrestling side of the book, but then I wanted someone like Barry for the beginning parts, and that's why I flew him here. Yeah. And that he could absorb all this, but I think it'll be just as easy for me to put get Kenny just to put it in paper how I feel it should be and not have to worry if Kenny sees or smells any of it. I, I think Kenny can pick that up by just explaining it to him, how it felt walking out there in the mornings at three in the morning, going to the woods and, you know, stuff like that. So I think Kenny, if you could just type what I say, I think we'll get this done. I think so too. Well, Sid, thanks for catching us up. Like I said, it's it's been a, a bumpy little road here, but I think we're back on the pavement again. And uh, now's a great time to get to a question. Right. My time is yours. And for our question this week, we have Jason from London. Jason, what have you got for us? Hey, just a quick question for Sid. Uh, going back, it's kind of a two-parter, two-part question here. Uh, going back to WrestleMania 13 uh, against The Undertaker, and then backing up from that just a bit, uh, at Royal Rumble 97, you faced Shawn Michaels, who uh, won the title off you, ended up uh, vacating it, it going to uh, Brett, who then lost it to you, and then went to you went to WrestleMania to face The Undertaker. Um, just kind of the first part would be, what, are your, what were your thoughts on uh, Shawn Michaels kind of vacating the title at that time? And second, was there a alternate plan for you at WrestleMania 13 or was it always to face the undertaker and they just kind of threw the, the title into the mix or did you have another plan going into WrestleMania 13, but then the whole vacated title thing threw it out of whack. Just anything well, like that. What was going on there? A lot of things got out of whack that maybe would have stayed into <clears throat> to a better rhythm. All right, what happened was I won the belt from Shawn Michaels. I dropped it back to him at the Alamo dome. The reason why was this, that was the whole idea. Sean wanted a big pay-per-view in his hometown where he won the title. Or just a big night for himself. That was his, you know, his dream to be able to do that. All right, now, up to that point before that, the business hadn't really been that great. When they put that belt to me, they're selling out everywhere they're going at now. So me and Vince are at a place called at a nappy convention where you go to where all the vendors are set up to have the drink machines, the seats, everything you think. And this is when the NWO was really hot. You know, we were up in a cubicle, and the NWO dealers downstairs had like this million-dollar display, you know. And we're trying to fight our way back up. So I go in there, and I go, Vince, business is really good right now. I said, are you going to still have me drop the belt to Sean? He goes, yes, but I'm going to have Sean put it back on you the very next night at Raw. He said, because business is so good right now. So that was the plans. And then so between that conversation and at the Alamo Dome, Sean decided to retire, you know. So uh, then they came up with the idea to have that tournament at the pay-per-view. After that, where Brett beat Vader, and then Brett put it at me, put it back on me at the next pay-per-view 
in Daytona, if I think it was. Uh, but no, this is the thing is they didn't have any plans at that time. They were just trying to make things work because they had been guys and you don't know this, but a lot of people do. The business was so bad that they couldn't sell out even was Brett was champ at a high school in Canada. Uh, and to, from that point to where it got to. So when they got to where the business is doing good again, you know, they just, they're trying to make, then they're doing short lived ideas. We're used to, they had longer lived ideas. I think that's what your question is leading to. Excellent. Jason, thanks a lot. You've been listening to the vicious circle podcast. Your host, Sid Udi, co-host J. Robert Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle podcast was produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Media, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music, Omega Amigo, was by The Shaman. All rights to the podcast are held by Sid Udi.